Welcome to Contemplative Episcopalian, a podcast of St. Paul's Episcopal Church. We are a, a faith community located in Beloit, Wisconsin. I am Father T.J. Humphrey, and for this episode we are sharing with you a homily that I delivered at St. Paul's on March 8th, 2020, the second Sunday of Lent. The name of this homily is Faith. A reading from Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. The Word of the Lord. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. In April of 2016, I came home from a church council meeting. Our five-month-old little boy was already asleep in his room, and my spouse was standing in the kitchen. I came in and I told her that I was done. That I just couldn't keep doing it anymore. I told her that after seven very long years, I finally felt like God was releasing me from my service to that church. And even though this newfound conviction was very liberating, because I had been pretty miserable there, pretty much from the get-go. It's like a, a, a square peg fitting into a round hole, and I felt like I was becoming more and more of the square as time went on. So the conviction was very liberating, very freeing, but it was also terrifying. What was to come next? What am I going to do now? Back then... Our firstborn, our son, was as old as our daughter is now, only five months old. And we had a mortgage. And I was getting ready to walk away from a good-paying job. And we had a life in St. Louis, since where we lived. And we loved our home. But things were shifting beneath our feet. I'll never forget what my spouse said to me that night. She said, it's time to finally move to Wisconsin. It's time for you to go to seminary. It's time to become Episcopalian. It's time to chase this dream that we've been putting off for far too long. When the words came out of her mouth, it was like a thus saith the Lord moment for both of us. We just knew that it was what we had to do. For the next four months, yes, (laughs) we made the decision to move. And we moved within four months' time. For the next four months, this reckless, nonsensical decision of ours was the only thing that made sense. Even though they were supportive, we broke our poor parents' hearts as we told them that we were moving their new grandbaby seven hours north. And I put in my notice at the church, and my spouse put in her notice at the dance studio she was working at. And we put our house on the market and we started to pack. 
and we started saying our goodbyes to close friends. We bid farewell to stability, to familiarity, to our support network, to any semblance of financial security. We said goodbye to our first home, to the house we brought our newborn son into. It was the most reckless, crazy decision we've ever made. It was the hardest decision we've ever made. It was the best decision we've ever made. And even when we got to seminary, we still had no idea where we were going to land on the other side of it all. Or if anything, anything was even going to work out, period. We had no idea when our house was going to sell. Our house was still in the market for several months um, as we entered into seminary. It had not sold by the time we moved. We had no idea if we even had enough money to make it all the way through seminary. And we had no idea if a bishop would even accept me into the ordination process, or if there would be a job waiting for me on the other side of graduation. But it was truly amazing how things just so happened to fall into place. After we moved, Ashley found one of the best jobs. My spouse had found one of the best jobs she ever had. And her income was enough, just enough. It could have been more, but it was just enough to pay the bills, to get us through. And we, as we spent time in Wisconsin, we fell head over heels in love with the area. And we fell in love with the Diocese of Milwaukee. And Bishop Miller, the bishop of the Diocese of Milwaukee, graciously accepted me into the ordination process. To be very clear, there was nothing even remotely normal about how I started this whole process. Usually, usually you start the ordination process before you go to seminary. You attend an Episcopal church for at least a year in many places before the ordination process even begins. And you begin that process in the church you've been attending for all that time, a good while before seminary even starts. Well, I was already in seminary, uh, so there, I started from that place. I started backwards. And when the process started, I got partnered with a church that we had only visited one time and in many ways didn't particularly well like <laughs> that one time we visited. And we did our parish discernment with a group of people that we never had even met, the majority of them we had never even met before the, those meetings started. When I stopped to think about it, none of this should have worked out the way that it did. But we decided to throw ourselves fully into the process, to trust it, and to trust the people who rallied around us during that season. And while I was doing my interviews with all the various committees for ordination, I wore my heart on my sleeve, and I entrusted myself fully to all of the people who were helping me to discern this crazy call to the priesthood. Honestly, it was the most life-giving and formative experience of my entire life. And I think I could speak for my spouse, too, and say of our entire lives. For me personally, my soul found the healing that it so desperately needed during the process. I rediscovered contemplative prayer, and my heart has blazed with a fiery passion for God like nothing I've ever experienced before. And that passion has not waned in the slightest. I rediscovered faith, rediscovered trusting God with my future, and it's crazy how it all worked out. 
I mean, I found out about St. Paul's halfway through seminary, the church that I'm at now. It was a year before most of my classmates had any idea as to where they might wind up. Halfway through seminary, I was interning at another church, and the canon for the diocese heard me preach just one time. And she came up to me right after that service and told me that she thought she knew of a church in the diocese that would be a perfect fit. Our personalities would just match. And now here we are. And this church, St. Paul's, has unknowingly healed me so much. They have restored my faith in the church. Honestly, by the time I left St. Louis, it was pretty much shot. But they've restored my faith in the church. Nine months into this project, and I still continue to be utterly amazed with the people's authenticity, with their passion for justice, with their love for one another, and with their devotion to Jesus. They continue to amaze me here. I am so thankful that they have helped me find healing for so many of my wounds. helped so many of my wounds turn into scars. I'm so thankful that they have become the church that this young family and this younger person so desperately needed them to be. My prayer and my hope is that someday I will become a priest that is truly worthy of them. And I often find myself wondering, how would things have turned out if we wouldn't have made that leap of faith all of those years ago, if we wouldn't have trusted our hearts, if we wouldn't have trusted God enough to make that crazy, reckless move, what if we would have trusted security and familiarity over our sense of calling? What if we would have chosen the comforts of the present moment back then over the unknown future? What would have happened if we would have let our fear drown out God's liberating and freeing voice? What would have happened if we would have chosen normalcy over adventure? My friends, during that season, I've learned that faith is not the nodding of the head to a list of beliefs. It's not rational assent, rational agreement with a belief system. Faith is the profound trust that God has your future completely in his divine hands. Faith is trusting in God's promises over your life. Faith is knowing that God already is standing at the end of your road, at the end of your journey, that he already sees how your journey is going to play out, and he's beckoning you to come, to become the person that you're destined to be. Faith is the courage to become that person that God is inviting you to be, the person that God already sees you as. Abraham, also known as Abram in our Old Testament reading for the morning, was chosen by God to start a new nation, a nation that was to be a nation for all nations. (laughs) But, But leave it to God to be incredibly vague in articulating how all of this was actually going to work out. (laughs) The specifics of the plan, the details are absent in the call. Abraham was just told that he needed to uproot his life, his family, and move to a new place. And that he and his spouse would somehow, someday, have a child, even in their old age. And that through this child, their offspring would be more numerous than the sand on the seashore. 
Most importantly, Abraham was told that his family line would somehow, someday, bless the whole world. Abraham went, and he did just as he was told. And the scriptures call Abraham's response faith. And it was this response of faith to God's promises that made Abraham righteous, according to Paul. And we know how this story has played out. We can look back in retrospect. We can see how history has unfolded itself. Jesus was born into Abraham's family line. And you and I are here today because Abraham said yes to God thousands of years ago. We are also Abraham's descendants through faith. Who would have thought that this one seemingly insignificant person, who would have thought that this one little act of faith could have changed the entire course of history? Who would have thought that one little act of faith could have blessed the whole world as it has? My friends, what about you? What sense of security, familiarity, what sense of comfort is God inviting you to trade out, to give up, <clears throat> to embark on a much bigger, grander adventure? What reckless act of faith have you put off for far too long? In what way have you knowingly stalled your journey because you have been too afraid of the unknown future? In what way do you now need to trust God's promises over your life? In what way do you need to rediscover your trust in God? That God truly does have your life and your future in his hands. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. If you live in the Beloit, Wisconsin area, and if you are looking for a new church home or faith community, we would love to have you stop in and visit us. We are at 212 West Grand Avenue in downtown Beloit. Our Sunday morning Eucharistic gatherings are in the main sanctuary at 10 a.m. We also have two additional services during the week, morning prayer from the Book of Common Prayer on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. This group meets in the library, and we have a Wednesday Eucharistic gathering that meets at noon in the garden room. Lastly, our contemplative prayer group and children's ministry meets on Monday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. Children are not just welcome to come to our Monday night gatherings, but are welcome to come to any and all of our services. We have a special kids' pew in the back of our sanctuary where kids can play, roam, read, snack, and learn in the context of our liturgical community. Nursery and Children's Church is also available for those parents who would like to drop their kids off before the service begins. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, you don't have to know anything about churchy stuff or Christianity to fully participate in any of our services. Feel free to come with your doubts, your heartaches, and your most genuine self. Feel free to ask questions, to fumble along, or to pretend like you know what is going on. Please come as you are 
and watch as God's grace transforms you into the person you've always wanted to be. Thank you for joining us today.